Welcome back, everybody, to the Relegation Station, brought to you by Kyle Barks and Connor Dugan. Today is our fourth episode, and we have another awesome episode for you guys. We have our Match Day 17 recap. We only saw one draw this Match Day, so a lot of movement in the, the Premier League. We have our guest, John Bannock, on this podcast, and he talks to us a little bit about going to Belmont to play soccer with Barks. He talks about IU athletic programs he talks to us about his interest in music me kyle and john share some um rather embarrassing stories so look forward to that and then we end today with our first ever 12th man segment so really stay tuned to that to hear some of your opinions that you might have sent in and now a message from our sponsors our message this week is from when your moment when your moment is a clothing brand that makes moments matter when Your Moment provides stylish athletic wear from pants to shirts to hoodies to whatever your athleticism needs. When Your Moment is blessing our fans with a chance to win some new gear at a discounted rate. All you have to do is get two friends and yourselves to subscribe to our podcast and follow When Your Moment on Instagram at When Your Moment. Now for our Match Day 17 recap, our first game of the week, we have Everton versus West Ham. Everton falls 1-0 to West Ham. Kind of a real shocker of a result, I must say. Yeah, for sure. Everton has a chance here to play. They're playing West Ham, who's currently sitting in 10th in the Premier League table. If Everton were to have won this game, they would have moved to 2nd. So this was a huge game for Everton. They end up falling uh, to 7th place in the league. And truly, West Ham looked a better team. Uh, a standout I saw in this game was Cresswell, the West Ham left back. Uh, he was creating a lot of chances, and he had a thunderbolt from about 25 out, which ended in a rebound goal, um, and that ended up being the decider. Yeah, I mean, kind of for me where I stand is I kind of wanted to see Everton move to second on the table, but things happen, and yeah, I agree. West Ham did look kind of like the better team in this match. Probably was – very happy to walk away with three points as they should be. Um, moving on to this one, Manchester United versus Aston Villa. United wins two to one and are tied for first in the table now. Yeah, they sure are. Um, they also have a game in hand on Liverpool, so they're sitting top of the table with a game in hand. Uh, Aston Villa come into this game uh, unbeaten in their last five. So they also have a chance to go second. They also have a game a game in hand after this one is played. So they still have some games and some time to make up some points to climb to the top. Obviously, we've we found out that this Aston Villa team is actually a really good team. Jack Grealish, Traore, these guys are causing all sorts of problems. And we see that in the 13th minute when McGinn has a great chance, serves in a really good cross, but it's saved uh, from De Gea. Yeah, I kind of want to take the Man U side on this game and say that Man U looked really good. Um, their attack was super strong. They did get some defensive lucky plays and kept Aston Villa um, out of the back of the net. But I really think like Man U is just starting to connect real well up top, and um, they're getting a lot more chances than we've seen prior. 
Yeah, I hate to say it, but they're looking really, really good. And they're yeah. looking like they could win the league, uh, especially if they keep playing like how they did. Juan Bissaka with a cross to Martial in the 40th, 40th minute. That makes it 1-0. It was probably a deserving goal. They had a lot of pressure in this first half. I think they had six or seven shots on target. Um, Aston Villa does not stop, though, as we know they do not. Uh, they make it 1-1. Grealish causing problems again. A good service. That was a really good ball from that leads, Yeah, it was. Uh, and it leads Villa back into the game to 1-1. And then we all know what happens. Penalty, United. Penalty, United. United score penalties. And lots of them. Okay? They count. They all count the same. But I hate to see it. Bruno scores his seventh. He scores his 15th goal of the year. But that is his seventh penalty goal of the year. Uh, yeah. He um he does get a fair share of the penalties, if not all of them. And <laughs> <laughs> but I do kind of I mean, dude, you everyone kind of knows right now. I think Bruno is awesome. I do think not. I mean, the penalty putting that aside, I think Bruno is just the top player in the Premier League right now. He looks sick this game, as he did every podcast that we've had and that we've talked about him yeah. for. Um, He's having a good year, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think it's just fun to watch him. Gotcha. So moving on to Tottenham versus Leeds United. This Leeds team we've seen, I think they've conceded the most goals in the entire Premier League outside of Sheffield United. You could fact check me on that. But they concede a lot of goals and they've actually given up six penalties this season, which is more than any other side in the Premier League. We see another one in this match. Yeah. Um Tottenham needed this game. They had to win this game. Uh they're kind of in like what we'll get to like kind of a Chelsea position going into this game. So kind of glad they won it. Um, sad for Leeds though, cause we do, we have coined them as the people's team. Um, but yeah, I think this was the right result and Leeds need their back line needs to step it up. Yeah. Tottenham, uh, they look back to them to their old selves that we've seen previously this year in the premier league. Son and Kane have scored 20 of 26 team goals this year, which is, ridiculous and we see them team up for another goal Kane with a penalty and then Kane to Son a couple minutes later makes it 2-0 right before the half um, Adder Wellington Shun Ignition scores a third and that's the ball game 3-0 Tottenham win yeah and then they like got like a red card too within like the last minute that's of the right match. that's so right yeah there was <laughs> I, literally was like under 90 seconds left of the yeah. game and i think it was doherty he yeah. gets sent off so Mourinho has to be absolutely livid yeah i mean that's a little not a fun trip there. back to the locker room for doherty that's yeah i mean sure. they gotta be happy with three points but they can't be having someone get sent off at least it no. wasn't one of their more key players sure can't and our favorite match week after week it is a Crystal Palace versus Sheffield United. We love Sheffield United. They lose two nil, of course. If they won, we would have Darn been. It. We would have sounded a lot different, I think. Um, but yeah, I think you guys could have, probably could have guessed the result of this one going into it. Sheffield United now are winless in their last seventeen Premier League games. That's a tough stretch of seventeen games. I just, I don't know. Oh, we have another stat, actually. Sheffield United are the fifth team to go 20-plus Premier League games without a win. Definitely. That sounds you right. Don't, that, that's a list you don't want to be on. Five nah. teams that you don't, you don't want to be a part of. Sheffield, they put themselves right into that category. Yeah. 
And I imagine like the other teams on that are uh, Derby County back in the day. And, uh, <laughs> Black Blackburn Rovers Blackburn maybe in Rovers. like 07. Maybe something like that. Queens Park Rangers at one Queens point. Park in time. Rangers, yeah, they they were in there. Yeah, but Porsche. Uh, I think, United. and then it goes to Sh- Shulop. I think he scored an easy something like that, and we see Crystal Palace win two nothing. Big result for Crystal. Yeah, and so moving on, we have Brighton versus Wolves. This was our only draw of the weekend. It finished three three. And it quite possibly was the most entertaining game of the week. Oh, definitely. 3-3, like it was just back and forth. Um, we see Brighton, they're only two points clear of 18th place Fulham in the relegation battle, but Fulham are sitting down there with two games in hand. So I think Fulham are going to get out. Brighton, on the other hand, this this becomes a very important, important point they get against Wolves uh, as they're fighting in the relegation battle. Yeah, and I kind of feel bad for Wolves that only walked away with one point in this match because yeah. it's like seems like week after week they just continue to score goals and put up a really strong attack. And yeah, they're not walking away with the amount of points. Yeah, that they Wolves should be sliding down to thirteenth place, yeah. which is quite and unusual for the the Wolves team we've seen in the past couple of years. Seriously, and I feel like at the beginning of the season too. They and Brighton also had this weird problem with own goals. They've scored more own goals than any other side in top top flight, so in the Premier League. Okay. Since 2017, so you gotta stop scoring own goals if you yeah, want, if you want to win really can't and get out of relegation hard. battle. Like, yeah. let's stop scoring own goals. Can we make that a mission, Brighton? Please. Yeah, I think Brighton maybe realized that they're not going to necessarily get the top of the table this season, so maybe they're trying <laughs> to just continue to fight relegation battles yeah. week after they week. They want to keep themselves keep, down. Yeah, that will keep them motivated. Their, yeah, they want their fans to keep watching. This is just yeah. like absolutely a publicity. Stunt. I think they, yeah, they've chosen not to be a mid-table side. They've chosen to be a relegation side, so they can play at six in the morning. They're fans of the relegation station. Simple as that. That's right. Moving on to West Brom, Arsenal. Arsenal win 4 nothing. This is their third Premier League win in a row. Arsenal are looking like them all selves. Lacazette with two goals, Saka and Tierney. My takeaway is Tierney looks like an Arsenal captain to me. He has all the intangibles. He's tough. He's got great fight, great pride. He's competitive every single play, every single week. And he's looking like he could be around for Arsenal for a long time, and he could probably wear that armband one day. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because for some reason I've had this thought about Tierney that he already is the Arsenal captain sometimes just because he looks like it. Yeah. Um, so I totally agree with you. I think he does have the intangibles. He definitely looks the part. Yeah, he de- <laughs> he really does like the part. Uh, he just looks technical. I, I so, think anyone from Scotland, dude, if you come from Scotland, first of all, you're tough, bro. You're oh, tough. Yeah. He played for Celtic. Celtic, yeah, that's a tough team. Dude. You have to be tough to play in that team. Yeah. Comes straight from them. He's obviously great at Celtic. Comes to Arsenal. He's been great for Arsenal. He really has been. And his his leadership ability and his passion are just two of the top takeaways I, I take away from him every single week. Yeah, it seems like he's the type of guy who just goes and two-footed into every tackle. And then, like, after the play, he just gets spit in his face. And yeah. I think it just makes him more physical and uh, a tougher component. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then Saka yeah, is oh looking God, unbelievable for Arsenal. This guy is going to be a real threat in the Premier League for years to come. He is just a teenager, still 19, and he he assisted one here and scored one, but he was causing tons of problems. Every time he got the ball, he was I don't know who that left back was 
that poor left back for West Brom was getting eaten by Saka. He had his way down that side, and he was creating lots and lots of chances. Arsenal looking great. Yeah, dude. Uh, they're flying. Um, um, Arteta should be proud. And I yeah. think the discussion we had two weeks ago was just me being stupid, looking back. And, yeah, I think Arteta's here to stay now. I think he is. Hopping too. on the bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, one more takeaway from this one is Smith Rowe playing the 10 role for Arsenal is he might be my favorite player in the Premier League right now. This guy looks awesome. 20 years old. The way he connects, he's really fun to watch, really exciting. And the youth in the team is proving to be a pushing point for Arsenal um, as they kind of lean on the younger guys to get them back into maybe a Europa League chase. Yeah. And um, I know we have this written down, so I'll bring it up. Um... Sam Allardyce, is he, is he coming done too soon? Like, what's going well, on with the it? one thing about Sam Allardyce is you can't get relegated if you get fired first. That's the way I look at it. And yeah. I'll tell you what, as of right now, he might get fired. But who knows? He is Sam Allardyce. There is a lot of time left. There's, I think, 15 game weeks, just around, just about 15 game 15, weeks left. Yeah. And that is a lot of time for them to turn this thing around. But they are going deeper and deeper, and it's going to become – a lot harder as time goes on if they can't get any results going their way. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we have Newcastle versus Leicester City. Finishes one to or two to one Leicester. Um, it's a good win for Leicester. Yeah, great win. They're sitting in third place now. Leicester looking just like how they had just like how they have over the past four or five seasons. Um, they're becoming a top Premier League side. And I think everyone in the Premier League knows that. They're dangerous every week. Uh, they score lots of goals. They're fun to watch. They're fun to get behind. And I think, obviously, Vardy, Madison, those are some Thielmans. Those are some big guys for them. Can't forget are, about Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes, who didn't score this week. We had two piss missiles in a row from him. Yeah, they, they're looking dangerous. They have a great attack, um, and they're fun to watch. Yeah, no, I... Joy seeing them up there. Third place yeah. right now. Keep flying, Leicester. Um, and uh, Newcastle stands no chance against Leicester. Bruce, yeah, uh, Steve nah. Bruce, uh, he's never beaten Leicester City in all competitions. I think that's 10 matches they've played, and he's never beaten them as a manager. Yeah, I mean, it, when Steve Bruce sees Leicester on the schedule, he works the other way. <laughs> Dude's a coward. <laughs> uh, next match, uh, Manchester City versus Chelsea. City babysit Chelsea and put three in the back of the net, finishes 3-1. Yeah, they sure did babysit them. Oh, my and God. Can we remember when all those Chelsea fans were giving Arsenal fans a load of stick when they were deep in the table? Now, Chelsea are just three points clear of Arsenal through 17 Premier League games. We see the Chelsea front three we wanted to see all year. Pulisic on the left, Timo Werner up top, and Zayic on the right. That is the front three everyone wanted to see, and they pooped themselves in this game. They legitimately had maybe three attacks the whole game where they looked dangerous at all. City looked phenomenal. They looked like 2017-2018 Manchester City, and I'll tell you what. City still has two games in hand. They could go one off the one point off of the top of the table. They are right there in that hunt for the Premier League title. Yeah, uh, City has definitely 
being City again and winning big games and scoring goals and just being absolutely dominant in these matches. So I think they're kind of heating up right now. Gundogan has scored like... I think he scored 500 goals in the last 20 games. This guy's <laughs> yeah. he, he just finds the back of the net. He's confident right now. Kevin De Bruyne, he breaks his uh he hasn't scored from from the run of play this year until yeah. this game. He did score a bit of a draw uh, for him. Yeah, he he scored to make it 2-0 2 minutes after the Gundogan opening goal in the 18th minute. So they got two goals in 2 minutes to go up 2 nothing. Uh Foden had a goal and assist in those plays. And we look into the 34th minute. That's when Kevin De Bruyne scores off a rebound from Sterling. And Chelsea score a garbage-time goal. Chilwell to Hudson-Odoi. They looked lost. Chelsea fans probably concerned. Maybe in the relegation battle now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's too early to say. But um, <laughs> they continue to play like this. They're going to be at the bottom of the table real soon. Enough. The thing is... Everyone's dropping points. So yeah, like everyone's I, still I, in the race. That's, that's why. That's saying. why they're not too far down. And I'll tell you what, Arsenal are ten points off the top of the table. Yeah. So no. it's kind of like it's kind of a weird situation where like they're really Arsenal are far off the top of the table, but they're not too far off of a Europa League spot. Yeah, it kind of seems like unless you're in the relegation battle, or you were until Liverpool until this week. We'll get that in a second. Yeah. Like this, like the. At least, like, from positions 3 to, I don't know, like, 12 have just been shifting so much. Like yeah, it's really it's really days. close. It's really yeah. close in those spots, for sure. Yeah, and so that's what makes it really fun is, like, yeah. each of these games, like, it seems like if it's, like, you know, who's sitting at 6 right now, and then if they, they play 12, and, like, it seems like the match is always kind of a good match because they're only a couple yeah. points apart. Yeah, I would be interested to see what the table looks like five match weeks from now. Um, it could be completely different. It yeah, really definitely. could be. So there's a lot of a lot of soccer left to play, and it's really exciting. Yeah, and so our final match of this week be since um, what game was canceled? Fulham and I don't know. Fulham, Fulham Burnley. Burnley. That they was canceled. canceled. Yeah, so this was a little our last COVID match. incident here. Oh, we have uh, no, we have one more Liverpool Southampton. I know that's. I'm saying this is our last okay. match. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Liverpool loses one nil to Southampton. They're in a bit of a strut right now. Yeah, um, they've dropped seven points in their last three matches. That is not the form of a champion side. They need to turn this around. Um, I know those Flannery boys. Shout out Flannerys. They're not happy after this one. Uh, United have a chance to go three points top of the table with their game in hand. Danny Ings was able to find the net in the third minute to go up 1-0 off a great set piece straight off the training grounds. And they weren't looking back after that. Although Liverpool did get some good looks. They had Thiago back in the starting role first time since his injury. And they just weren't able to finish it. So I think they got to remain positive and they have to move on. They need to start getting results again. Yeah, well said. Um, just, I totally agree that Liverpool need to fix something. Got to fix it now if they want to stay at the top. That's right. And now to the John Bannock interview. Welcome back from the break, folks. We're here in the studio with John Bannock. John Bannock, how was your holidays? How are you doing? Where are you at? I'm doing well, Kyle. Holidays were great. A lot of time with my family. 
you know, I've lived in Bloomington, Indiana my whole life, went to Indiana University, but for some reason, I haven't spent this much time with my family since I was in high school, which is crazy. So, so it feels good to be home for a little bit, right? It feels good, good to be home, um, especially as you guys know, listeners don't know yet, making a big move, transferring to Belmont University, go become a, a Bruin. Go Bruins. Fight. Yeah, go Bruins, 100%. So, John, I got a couple questions for you, and they, they might sting right now. All right, hit me. Hit me hard. Indiana football. They lose against a losing under 500 Ole Miss Rebels team. All right, don't drag it out too far, okay? And. <laughs> like, come on. You what, what, does the, what does that do to the IU football season? What does that do to the hype around Tom Allen? What does that do for the pro? Nothing. 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 We keep marching forward. Are you kidding me? It I does agree. nothing. Yeah. I completely agree. I think it does absolutely nothing. I think the game doesn't resemble anything. Was our been... defense was our defense not sharp? Answer me that question. Was our defense not sharp? Did the Hoosiers play with a backup quarterback? They sure did. Did the Hoosiers play with a backup quarterback? But the Hoosiers defense... need to score some more points. They need to but score was some our defense points. not sharp? And why was no, our defense not sharp? I can't, kinda, I can't say. It kind of felt, Kyle, Connor, correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of felt like our defensive coordinator might have one, you know, one foot out the door ready to leave this program. I don't know. He didn't care didn't anymore. Was he done? Was he done? He might have been. Yeah, I don't know. He, he's leaving. He, he's out the door. Definitely a different game when you got your backup quarterback and he's got a strained shoulder halfway through the game. Bro, I, mean, I was bugging me so much. That was bugging me so much. I was freaking out. Dude, if you're holding your shoulder, like, okay, yeah, I get being tough in there and playing tough. Dude, you're the quarterback. You need your right arm, and that's the arm you happen to be holding after every throw. Come on. Your shoulder, your right shoulder. Bro. I was like, if you're I mean, hurt, like he ended up he making some teammate. I don't know, I don't, dude. I think I think every college football milks it a little bit. Honestly, at some like, point though, like Justin Fields, he was milking it. At some point though, Same. like if you're hurt, you're not benefiting your team. You just need to get exactly. Off the field and let that's the next that's what I You gotta get. You gotta let the next guy come in. He's yeah. ready. He's been preparing for this moment. Like let him get in. But I don't think he was that. Like he wasn't. Uh, Tuttle wasn't that. Bad. Think, think about this. Like... Hold on. Think about this. Who played the night before? What Big Ten team played the night before? The night before the Hoosiers played. And a big Ohio question. State sure did. Ohio huh? State played the night before. That's Ohio right. State That's played right. the night before. Yeah. So yeah. Did their quarterback get an injury? Yeah. Yeah. Did. Yeah. He probably. So he saw. The, he, you think? You think there's something? You think there's a co- no coincidence there, or a coincidence? I should say. No. All I'm saying is I'm making an outrageous comparison for sure. <laughs> But what I'm saying is, what is what is the next step up from IU in the Big Ten? What's what's the next step up? What's the one team that took us down? It's Ohio State. Ohio That's State. What what's, you're what's, referring their, to. what's their quarterback do when he gets an injury? He's tough. He's, He's strong. He steps it. up. He pushes. And he, he doesn't. Yes, I'm he not doesn't. saying that like our IU's quarterback. IU's backup quarterback's a little different than Justin's Fields, but in a way, oh, he definitely very kind different. of is. This I think outrageous. what I was trying to say earlier was I think maybe Tuttle sees what happened in Ohio State the night before, right? He's hanging out in the hotel. He sees that, and he's like, wow, like look at all the hype this guy's getting. Yeah, what a performance. Yeah, now he's going to the national championship. He goes, if I get a little nick tomorrow, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but he milks it and then throws eight balls in a row in the dirt. Yeah, how's that work out for you? <laughs> That's, That's what I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah, it was borderline. It was almost. It was. It was right on the line. It was right on the line. Was it too? Was it a, a bad enough performance to be like, all right, you're like hurt. You gotta get out. Or was it just like, 
Or was he milking it? I don't know. Either way, you got a you chance to win the ball game at the end of the game. You're only down six. They give you a gift. They miss an extra point. Bro, this was like that. That was all they. That's what they deserved in the game. They deserved to have one possession to go down the field, score, win the game. They got the chance. Obviously, they didn't capitalize. Yeah, and you know, SEC I think that's everything good. you can ask for. Yeah, SEC's football good. Yeah, are they in a, a below 500 team? Absolutely, but. Are they still SEC? Do they still recruit absolute athletes? Are they still the fastest-paced team that Indiana's seen all season? 100%. We were tired out there. You know, we held Ole Miss to its second-fewest points all season. Yeah. And they still beat us with 26. I'm just saying, we we slowed them down more than usual. And maybe if we have our starting quarterback, then we beat them. um, That up-tempo offense, we hadn't seen anything like that. Entire, no, we had also like Ole Miss that, ra- like, that drained us, dude. That we couldn't get set on defense, we couldn't get our substitutions in. They were just running us. They were grinding us down, dude. Really, Ole yeah, Miss also like has like I don't know what it is the most yards per play or something like third most yards per play. Yeah, uh, they're quick. In they move. D1 football, so, Bro, yeah. it was crazy it was, to think about even that last drive when they were going down to, when it was tied twenty to twenty. We tied the ball game up, and you think, okay, maybe they want to take their time, make sure they're getting their their right plays in there, you know, their go-to plays. This is the end of the game in a bowl game. This is the biggest game of the year for you. No, what do they do? They get tackled. They're immediately going no huddle back to the line, like with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're not thinking over anything. They're no. they're continuing to move. That's what they yeah. do. It got to the point where I was like, if it was third and like four, third and five, I knew they were going to get a first down. Like whether that would be on a short fourth and one or like fourth and inches or something. But they, they basically just had, it's four down territory the whole time with how they play. Like they just get it, they get it close, and they only all their third downs are short third downs. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. I mean, what didn't seem like that? I just one thing that really frustrated me about Indiana's offense and the game plan was the fact that at one point during the game, the announcers made the comment that Ole Miss is one of the worst ranked teams in the FBS against the run, their defense, and stopping the run. And what brought us back into that game? We had two Stevie Scott touchdowns finally to tie the game up at 20. Why weren't we hitting that game plan early on in the game? No, we're throwing yeah. screen passes to WAP, yeah. and he's running backwards 15 yards. You know, yeah. why just... did it take the uh, ABC announcer at halftime to tell us that that was the? You know, did we not know that stat before the game? Exactly. Sure, we, did, we got yeah. two weeks to prepare for that game. Actually, we got four weeks to prepare, prepare for that game. Technically, yeah. well, I mean, we didn't know we were playing Ole Miss, but we had two games canceled, and then the week game. off. They could have. That's what they could have been focusing on. That run defense for two weeks straight, three weeks straight. However long they had preparing, for sure. Yeah. That could definitely be part of it. Whatever. I'm done with IU football. We had a bigger result today in the state of Indiana football in general. 100%. What would that be? So, I'm I'm ready to more focus on that for sure. John, just because when we we'll release this, people might forget. But what was that result today on Sunday the third? Yeah, Sunday, Sunday, January third, the Indianapolis Colts did a good thing, and, and they beat the one and fourteen Jacksonville Jaguars. Thank God, my goodness! And now we got a playoff berth in the wild card because Bills Mafia, you know, thank you, kisses up, definitely, definitely love what you guys did today out there in Buffalo, in New York. Uh, it really helped out the Indianapolis Colts. So we got a playoff now spot get, now. Now they get a chance to play them. Yeah, and now we're going straight into Buffalo, the frozen tundra out there. It's going to be a really tough matchup. Yeah. 100%. My first question of the day regarding the Colts, Quentin Nelson. Is he better him? at pancaking players or drinking beers? This is just your opinion. Well, he's got a profession one, so let's just be honest here. It's 100% pancaking players. I mean, okay. the guy got a barstool shirt named after him. 
of him opening a pancake house. I have that shirt. I own it. I like. I could show that's you the shirt on FaceTime, shirt. but the viewers won't be able to see it. Yeah, that is a great yeah, shirt. That's you an know, awesome it's got, shirt. You know, Quentin Nelson's pancake house. You know, he's made a name for one thing. Um, I've heard he can yeah. crush beers. I haven't seen it firsthand. He looks like a beer crusher. Here's the I mean, thing. Just, any guy, uh, any offensive line visually. should be able to – any offensive yeah. lineman in the NFL should be able to crush beers. That's a fact. If you there's can't no, crush beers there's or something. There's no wrong. doubt about that. Those I mean, guys are like 250, 260. I mean, some of them are probably over 300, 100%. And they're, you know, 6'5", oh, 6'6". There's a bunch of them over 300. Yeah, oh, they're huge. for sure. They're yeah. big, but they're athletes, bro. They're strong. I just think that like when you do a keg stand uh, touchdown celebration, that it adds like twenty beers at least to your intake. Yeah, I do remember that yeah. last year. Yeah, it did get yeah. cut back, but that was a heck of a celebration. Yeah, I know. One I, yeah. thing I've so noticed tough. recently, just watching so much football between the NFL and these bowl games and whatnot, all the games going on right now, I have been loving just the. Uh, I've been really focusing on paying attention to just kind of what what goes on on the line you know all o-line versus d-line bro these guys compete every play and i love it it honestly it fires me up dude they get like they boop they break right they get to that line and it's like five five guys on four normally are like you know sometimes it could be whatever it is but they get down that line Looking at each other right in the eyes, like ready to go every play for like three hours long. Like that is remarkable. Yeah, it's the closest thing to war in sports, I think. Other than maybe rugby. <laughs> I think it is, bro. It is. It's barbaric. It's like you know, dude. It's it like, is. It is barbaric. They're going straight at each other. And, and literally, I mean, they don't like, touch that's a ball. Their job, bro. Like they don't. They do not touch the football. Like we think of no. football as like, oh, it's a throw and catch or it's a run game. You know? No, these guys, they know. They wake up that morning saying. I have to go into the trenches. I have to go fight, fight, fight. I'm never going to touch the ball. I won't touch the ball. Maybe I hop on a fumble ruski, but I'm not. I'm not probably not going to touch the ball today. No, it's just straight physical contact for three hours straight. That's all it is. That's their job. Dude, it's no, awesome. Like, and for I that, mean, I, I respect them so with much. How you block. Yeah, it I respect is. Great them for skill, sure, but great strength. And one of the best sights of sports is seeing when those big guys just ab- score a touchdown and absolutely milk the celebration. He's checking that, that football. 100 miles per hour into the ground. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, or I think watching those big guys try to hop on a fumble is one of the most entertaining things in sports. I mean, these guys or celebrating are a jumping big tackle. from all angles, bouncing off their bellies, like the balls, you know, obviously it's not round, so it's going everywhere. Um, yeah, it's just fun to watch. And then um, kind of following the football questions, John. So, I just have a little trivia question for you. Do you think oh Philip Rivers has more ga- playoff games played, just played, win- wins and losses, or kids? Do I think he has more playoff games, wins and losses, or kids? Just like okay, games this guy's played. got nine kids. Games played. for a fact. Yeah, you, you're, you're right about that. You know that. the number. So, so what do you so think? Now, what do you how think? How many playoff games has he played? In? Okay, now listen. All right. You're asking me a question about a guy who's a first year, right? Okay, is he an Indianapolis Colt now? 100%. We welcome every Indianapolis Colt with open arms. That is 100% facts. But before <laughs> we're not expecting you to know this, but he was a Charger. He was a Charger. Did I care about Philip? No, I didn't give an an anything. Okay, we're gonna keep it clean. Okay, a rat's Nothing. beehole. No, if anything, <laughs> I hated the man for a little while. God, I remember the. Oh 
growing up, Peyton Manning, six interception game. You know where it was? It was in San Diego on a Sunday night. It was in San Diego on a Sunday night. I was seven years old. I went That's to a good crying. memory you have. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Oh, it's a great memory I have, but it's a horrible memory as well. And it happened at the hands of Philip Rivers, technically, and that Chargers defense. I was not a fan of the man, no. But I do know that he's not built for the playoffs. At least in San Diego, he wasn't. You better change that starting next week. Otherwise, you're going to have some, some big problems. Keep it clean again. Some big problems, all right? But, but I'm going to have to go with, due to, due to the fact that I knew he was pretty bad, if I make an educated guess, and you probably give me a trivia question that is outrageous. So I'm going to say he has more kids than wins in NFL playoffs. Okay. <laughs> I guess we actually threw some backwards logic at you. So, like, you're wrong because he has 11 games played, so I guess that's good for you. But the fact that he has nine kids and just 11 games played in the playoffs. Yeah, but how many wins does he have? Five and five, six. Five and six. Five and, yeah, see, five and six. There you go. Yeah. Pull up Tom Brady's wins in playoffs. Pull up Peyton Manning's wins in playoffs. I bet it's more than nine. He's yeah, that's true. Phil's got a long way to go. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, he's fifth in, in passing yards. Great. Or no, in passing touchdowns. He's got 421. Phil Rivers good, good Phil. Okay, so looking ahead right now. Or just do we just want to analyze a little bit of these playoff games that we have coming up next week? And first off, I think we've got to talk about this one. Colts Bills, John, just give us our thoughts right away on this one. I mean, I think the Colts are built to shock the world. I've been saying that since day one. I think that's that's what they can do, hundred percent. They can go to Buffalo and they can especially with no crowd, no Bills Mafia, you know, down your throat, really I mean, really coming at you. Good, good fan atmosphere there, but you're not really going to have it, which is great. That's a plus for the Colts. Um, I think the Colts can play in, in cold weather. You know, Indy is not the warmest place. It's 18 degrees the other day. You know, I'm living here right now. It's not like we're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into, you know, an, incre- an incredibly cold atmosphere, and, and we're just not used to it. Um, I think our defense has the ability to shut Josh Allen down. I think Josh Allen chokes in playoffs. He hasn't proved himself. He lost last year in uh, Texas to Deshaun Watson, and uh, I think the Colts the Colts have players who are tenured who have playoff experience and and can and can make a push. I mean, we went into Kansas City last year into Arrowhead Stadium against a team that you know ended up winning the Super Bowl that year, and we beat them on a Sunday night football game in an incredible atmosphere. We have the ability to win big games. That was a big game, and Jacoby Brissett was under center, not Philip Rivers, but. That's my worry, Philip Rivers. He's not good in playoff time, as you said. I mean, he's got five wins in the playoffs, and he's got nine kids. You know, where's his focus? Where's his focus at? So, yeah, uh, I think we'll the I mean, Bills team. I think the Bills team's good. Just they're just a great team, dude. They finally, in the past twenty years, they haven't gotten their chance, obviously, because of this Patriots dynasty that's now gone. Now they had their chance. They're here. And these guys are really, really, really good, I think. They just won by 30, but, and they had their backup quarterback in pretty much the entire second half. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah. They're yeah. hot. Dude, they're and, really I mean, you could you yeah. could play awful in the first half of the NFL season. It has been proven yeah. time and time again, you know, that yeah. if you get hot before playoff time, you are dangerous. Yeah. You are dangerous. No, nothing's ever guaranteed. Nothing's ever guaranteed, that's for sure. And it's one game. You can say that all the time. The Colts do have the ability to win a big game. They also could crumble. Yeah, here's the thing I'm worried about the Colts, okay? We were up 17 points against the Steelers last week in the first half. Crumble, fall, lose that game, even though we had a chance to win at the end. We were up Mm -hmm. 20 points against the Jags, 
And for a while there, the Jags had three consecutive drives where they could have taken the lead when it was 20 to 14. I mean, yeah. I was getting nervous. I had butterflies in my stomach. I mean, yeah. that's when you know things are things are really tight. And you don't want to be well. having any butterflies in your stomach when you're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, exactly. That's for sure. Exactly. So we got to figure out what's going on when we come out in the second half. Why are mm-hmm. we not able to make adjustments and, and keep it rolling? Because obviously we've been a first-half team very hot in the first half the past gotcha. couple weeks. So, so that's a key to success there and going into Buffalo's. Yes, 100%. Coming out, coming but, out of halftime. But, but Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin graduate. You know, 38th pick, I think, in this, you know, in the overall draft last year for the Great Colts. Great running back, I mean, yeah. Incredible running back. Went for 253 yards. The Colts franchise record today. That's crazy, man. That's what, I mean, what you want right Falk, before Edron right James, there are great names. And if it's cold, if it's even snowing up there, I mean. He's used to that from Wisconsin, man. He's used to living that. in that. A hundred percent. He bathes in it. He takes cold baths. And you got to run. People the that take cold baths are cold. freaking crazy. Yeah, taking cold baths when it's eighteen degrees outside. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's crazy. I guarantee he takes cold. This guy's baths. built for that. You know, I have a story mm-hmm. about Jonathan Taylor. I mean, this guy. <laughs> oh my goodness! One of my good friends from high school, Antonio Alicia. Shout out Antonio. He uh, he went to Wisconsin. Okay, and you know we're right in the age that uh, Jonathan Taylor is in school too. Um, so Antonio was a freshman when Jonathan Taylor was a freshman. Antonio's 5'11 and uh, 150 pounds going into college, and Jonathan Taylor's 5'11, 225 pounds going into college. A pure muscle. Antonio's on campus walking to class. He sees in the distance this figure running with a shirt off and oh. chains hanging down to his waist. Chains. Like, this guy's a maniac. A this guy's running maniac. miles. He's running miles on campus in front of people just in chains. I mean, egotistical, yes, but that guy doesn't want to be good. He wants to be great. He, he wants to be great. He's had, he's had the drive, and I think it's, it's been accumulating the season, finally got over 1,000 yards. And if it's snowing and you can't throw that ball Saturday, I think we can rely on him and our O-line to maybe get That's this awesome. job done. That fired me right off, too. That fired me. I mean, the Bills got Singletary in their backfield. That's not, that's not an elite back. We got the best rookie running back in the league, I think, for sure. And he's healthy and he's finally right? hitting his stride. On its own. I don't know. Yeah, so Singletary's a good player. But yeah. He's a good player. But, I mean, the Bills have been all aerial attack. I mean, picking up Stephon Diggs, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, going from there, yeah. that relationship. That I mean, quarterback to wide receiver, you know, it's great there in Buffalo for sure. But if you can't throw the ball and it's snowing – I think the Colts got a chance, but Buffalo is definitely tough, and I'll, and I'll yep. leave. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. All right, John. So we know you play soccer. You like a lot of American sports, especially football, basketball. Those are some of your favorites. What else do you like doing on your free time? Free time. I mean, to be honest with you, Kyle, when it doesn't come to sports, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely big into music. Big music guy for sure. I mean, like a lot, a lot of people do different things. Um, when they go on road trips, it's kind of random, but, you know, some people that maybe listen to the podcast, you know, when you're a kid, you watch movies. I mean, ever since I was little, even even my Honda had a had a movie player in it, but I would always just plug in my cassette, like, you know, headset, or, like, once it became the iPod Touch, the iPod Touch, or something like that, you yeah. know, if it's a 12-hour road trip to Florida, I'm just listening to music the whole time. I just wow. loved it. I loved just, like, vibing out to music, you know. If... For some reason, my mom wanted to play, you know, 
like the longest yard on a movie player, then yeah, I'm taking the I'm taking the, the headphones sure. off and I'm stopping the music and Only I'm watching Adam Sandler yeah. and you know and all those guys, you know, go at it with the prison guards. Like, yeah, that's great. Good American classic football story. But Absolutely. when it comes down to it, I really enjoy music in my free time. I mean that's led me to you know, having just like it's just really fun for me to find new music, show my friends new music. Um, I was blessed that one of my roommates in college at Indiana University made a lot of music. Joe Schmidt, shout out Joe Schmidt, uh, Indiana Center Defensive Mid, great guy. And uh, we actually made a song together, it was great. I sang on it, he's a producer, makes a lot of music, a lot of EDM, under the name Primo and Blueprint, you should give him a listen. Shout uh, out very Primo. good, yeah, on Apple Music and Spotify. And so that kind of took off. I mean, um, I've also performed music in several different ways. Musical theater growing up since I was a little kid. Uh, I've done talent shows where I've sang. Uh, done talent shows where I've rapped. Um, got, a, got a good friend named Hank Ruff. Uh, he's a Fisai at Indiana University, similar to Dugan. Shout out, Fisai. Yeah, and he... Shout uh, out, Hank Ruff. He, he's a great guitar player. Uh, rocks country music Thursdays. Um, at local venues in Bloomington, Indiana. And uh, he invited me up one night to do a rendition of Can't Hold Us by Macklemore. So, you know, that's something I love doing. It hits, I was there, it was electric. Yeah, hits my <laughs> nostalgia, for sure. Sounds that awesome. Sounds like a great it. time. Yeah, love Macklemore back in eighth grade. Um, and me and Hank performed it at the senior year talent show in high school, just for fun. And... We decided, you know what, I'm leaving Bloomington and I'm going somewhere else again. Let's do it again. Why not? Senior yeah, year time college. to bring it back. Yeah, run it back again. So we did that and that was fun. But yeah, just overall, man, music for sure. It's one of my, one of my passions, something I really like. Yeah. Well, let me follow that up with, do you think being good around music, liking music, listening to a lot of music, will that translate to being able to determine what sort of animal sound I'm about to play on the mic. Well, Kyle, that's curveball. Um, I did not expect that as a follow-up. I mean, that question might be from Jupiter, outer space. I don't know <laughs> how that ended up being a follow-up question to my hobbies, but you know what? I hope so. And I, I'm going to answer yes, yes. I think yeah, I can. Yeah, let's get right into this real quick. I'm going to play a sound. You're going to listen to the sound. I'm going to give you three options. You're going to tell me what sound it was. If you get it right, I tip my cap to you. Okay. If you get it wrong, you're going to tell us an embarrassing story about yourself in 30 seconds or less. 30 seconds or less, embarrassing story about myself. Okay, Don't cool. start thinking about that. Life. Start listening for the sound. No, yeah, 100%. I'm locked in on getting, on getting the sound correct. Let me turn it up. Let me make sure this is this is proper. This is ready to go. All right. I only got one of my Three. earphones on right now. I'm gonna put them both on. Get them both on. Yeah. Get them both yep, on. Here we go. Sure. Fully locked. Here it comes. I'm gonna play it, it like one a more time. Toy more than anything. I swear, Jesus. Focus, focus, focus. All right, and here, here's your uh, multiple choice. Yeah, Let me know please. if you need to hear the sound one more time after, yeah, give after it to me I give again. you these. Never enough times. Give it to me again. Alright. Is that A, a hyena? B, a Komodo dragon? What? C, 
a zebra? No. Or D, an alpaca? Quick, a hyena. Done. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> Apparently, that's the sound a zebra makes. No. <laughs> Who's running this? Who looked this up? Um, this is just like straight off the animal sounds off Google. If you, if you looked up on Google, no, no, if you looked up on, you looked up on Google and you just typed in animal noises, it would come up with this, these awesome cartoon pictures of all these different animals with the ability to just press them and then it plays a sound. And you know what? I, I actually that believe one. that that's a zebra sound because I. Okay. If you well, let me tell me you, Bandit. Let me tell you, double, double or nothing. I'm gonna give you another chance on another noise. Okay. Yeah. If you get this one right, you're in the clear. If you get it wrong, I'm in the clear. All right. So we give him multiple me... choice options, or should we just do it straight out of the blue? You got to give me multiple choice if it's hard. All right. I mean, come on. Mo multiple choice. We'll give you multiple choice. I'm trying to think of what your punishment would be if you missed two, because that'd be double. Well, I got an embarrassing story. I'm not gonna make story. you tell you two and two Well, just think with the embarrassing, embarrassing story, and then like. Well, how about this? I tell an embarrassing story right now. Okay. Sound good? And then we just, and then we just run it back. And this sure. time, and this time, if I get it right, you have to tell one. an embarrassing story about yourself. Jeez. I got you. Yeah. I like that. I put it back on you. How about that? That's fine. That's fine. That's how about totally the turntables there, huh? <laughs> All right. Yep, that's fun. So here's an embarrassing story about me, young. Let's, uh, what was I? I was in second grade, okay? We're reading a book. I think it was the BFG. Good book. Ronald Dahl. Know that guy? <laughs> uh, I think you remember him. Yeah? Old guy. Never never heard of the BFG? He made some others, some other real good ones. BFG? Uh, like, BFG. It sounds Big familiar. Friendly giant. Big Friendly Giant. Oh, okay. Yeah, he also yeah. made, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that, Ronald Dahl that's made, ring, like, That rings a bell. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? That's Ronald Dahl. Sure. Okay. Yeah, kind of a legend. Um, cool. Anyway, cool. we're reading, okay? Second grade, reading time. And, yes. I mean, my bladder starts pounding. <laughs> it starts pounding, boys. I'm, tell I'm telling you what. I'm sitting in this chair. It's pounding. I got Miss Campbell as my teacher. You know how old Miss Campbell is? I'm in second grade. Miss Campbell's Plus at least 80. 67. Oh, Jesus. Okay. She's old, oh, no. but she, you know Ms. she's Campbell not old enough to be cover. nice. She's not. She hasn't yet hit that stage where she's old and nice. She's old and cranky. Oh man, and she does not like it when you raise your hand to go to the bathroom during story time. She just thinks you're trying to story time. <laughs> That's a fact. And you know, I understand it. A lot of kids, a lot of kids, for sure. I'm going to elementary school. I just moved. I'm in a bad area. I'm not. I'm not in the prep area of East Side Bloomington. I'm West Side Bloomington. All right, this is Clear Creek University, the Commons. Sure. It's not a good area. All right, and so I'm over here, and kids are trying to get out of reading time for sure, going to the bathroom, raising their hand, and I'm raising my hand, and I'm trying to get to go to this bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidentally, she made the rule that there's no going to the bathroom during reading time earlier that week. I said that's fine. All right, I'm good. My bladder can last. <laughs> we'll so hang on to this one. On this on this Thursday afternoon, it could not last. And so I'm raising my hand. She's denying me, denying me, denying me. And I look at her and I go, I go, Mrs. Campbell, I'm going to pee. And she's like, John, we made the rule. No, no going to the bathroom during story time. And so I fully became okay with it. And I just pissed in my chair. 
bro. <laughs> I don't even care. I don't even. I don't even need to tell you the embarrassing story. I've also done. I I did that in school one time as well. Yeah, really. Different story, yeah, see, but I feel yeah. like it, every time I tell the story, someone someone always has the ability to to you know rebuttal with like, oh yeah, no, that, that's happened to me before too. So it becomes less and less embarrassing. Um, I mean, so Gruber funny. once told me. Yeah, Gruber told me he used to poop in his pants all the time. <laughs> shout out Gruber. Shout out Jacob Gruber. Yeah, yeah shout out, shout out JG30. Yes, that's <laughs> go Hatters. Um, and yeah, he used to poop in his pants, and he would run to the bathroom, and I mean, his pants would go down, his, his khaki <laughs> pants, because you know he's Catholic school, he's wearing a uniform. <laughs> Probably in his jar. Yeah, and he would, uh, and he would. Toss those undies away. He, you know, <laughs> cradle the poop in the undies, and he, and he toss them in the trash. Pull out some paper towels and throw the paper towels on top, and those undies are gone, 100. percent Yeah, he said yeah. it happened multiple times to him. But yeah, this happened to me. And the worst part about it was the seats in elementary school—they're curved. You know, you sit down in them; they're curved. So when I yeah. stood up, oh, no. I stood up. There's a There's puddle a of urine. Yeah, <laughs> sitting there in the chair. So it was that was embarrassing because all the kids started laughing at me. But I looked at that teacher dead in the eyes and I was like, I told you I had to pee. And I went to the bathroom. Dude, the teacher had to have felt so bad. Yeah, she definitely right? felt bad. Yeah. Yeah, she felt what bad. What was your move after? Like, yeah, how parents bring up an extra pair of shorts for you? I mean, no, I kind of just went. The, the, the sweatpants were dark. Um, <laughs> so you just wear them all day. the rest of the day. <laughs> Yeah, I just went with them the rest of the day. I, I, I can't remember exactly how I went about mine, but uh, that's how it Yeah. Third yeah, grade. that was it. That was it. Third grade. Third. Nice. Seems pretty old. What grade were you in? A second. It's not bad. Seven, eight years yeah. old. I'll never forget. Like, the fact that you don't forget now is, like, it's scarring. It was mm-hmm. scarring. 100%. Yeah, I remember that happening. Okay. All right, you got another so, sound for me? Yeah, I do have another sound that's coming up here. Give me one second. One second. Okay. Dugan. All right, here it comes. I'll get my sword ready in case. Yeah, I was about to say. I I have a... Dude, I don't know if I have a story. Okay, I'll think of one. Here it comes. Three, two, one. This is tough. I mean, I immediately think like wild boar. Okay, so um, your options are a yak. What the hell is a yak? A rhino. Uh, a hippo. Or a pig. Oh man, pig's so simple. You know what I mean? Pig is so simple, but that just sounds like an oink. It really does, like a like a good classic old McDonald oink. I just I don't know, man. I I got a feeling. Let me play it one more time for you. Mm, yeah, do that for me. Off the top, I'm going hippo. Damn it! Bingo. Yes. Come on. Bingo. You got it. All right. And what, like, uh, dude, if I'm hearing that, like, obviously I see that it's hippo and I'm playing the hippo sound, but 
I heard that too, and I was like, that's a pig. Yeah. Right when you said boar, I wrote down pig for an extra option just to throw you off a bit, but sure didn't. Yeah, that was that was a strong mind from you. Yeah, thank thank you very much, actually. I mean, I don't know. So I thought am I getting on with the story? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Go. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, or Go ahead. Go ahead, John. If you no, know. I was just going to take you through my logic. I mean, but last time it was a sound completely of what you wouldn't think it was. Okay, was that makes sense. So, well, this time I thought maybe they're going to go simple and do something that it actually is. But I don't know. I just trusted my gut. Went with hippo. I think one really embarrassing thing that happened to me would be I'm outside in my it's also has something to do with stomach not feeling good that sort of thing gotcha so we're out playing in the neighborhood there's probably 12 14 kids out there like I had a really solid neighborhood with like a ton of playtime out there and a ton of different games that we'd run obviously very competitive games like life or death basically throughout my childhood I probably had to have been like 11 or 12 honestly when this happened and for like some reason like I live in a cul-de-sac right so I'm like the farthest you can be away from my house and my stomach is gurgling we're playing a uh, tennis ball which is basically baseball with a tennis racket and a tennis ball okay what a and I'm, I'm like swinging this bat and like Every time I swing it, I'm, like, feeling my stomach a little bit more. Basically, at this point, I just want to get that bat done with so, like, I can just go. Like, that's just it. I'm just going to hit. I'm going to sprint to the house. So, it's basically, I'm already in a foot race with this thing. Okay? I hit it. I don't even know what happens. I take off for the house. I don't even get 50 yards from home plate to my house. And it comes straight out down my leg. Literally, it's running down my leg in shorts. In my shorts. It's coming. It came down my leg. And, um, oh, it was real yeah, right. everyone saw, but like, I was okay with it, you know? So like, it really like, wasn't all that embarrassing for me. It was more like really, really funny, honestly. Like I was fine with it. Like, it was just kind of like, how right. old were you again? Probably like 11 or 12. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was like missed an opportunity to go to the bathroom and then this happened. You know? It was just like, it was a foot race. And it happened and it was really funny. And like, I had to go shower after and like, I think the shorts and under shirts. Yeah, eleven you're almost you're almost close enough with your friends at that point. If if you were a lot younger, then maybe you'd still feel like embarrassment just because you're yeah. young and you don't know how to deal with those emotions. I think it was like just 11. so funny. I think we were all really just laughing. Yeah. And like <laughs> that's that's that type of humor then too. I mean not to say that that's not the type of humor now. I mean definitely yeah. if that type of thing happened to our friends nowadays, we'd definitely all be in tears laughing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the funniest thing ever. But that's yeah. when you finally start getting into that humor, you know, eleven, twelve where farts and diarrhea and poops and everything of that those nature. sort of things yeah oh. those are awesome man. i mean those are making you die laughing it's yeah. a good story though i've never Definitely. had that happen to me the, dugan do you want to follow up with yours i mean am I Unless, pee poop story throw up should i just keep the pottiness the potty talk i, know, I mean no, you no, might you as gotta, well i didn't mean to do that i was just the first like bannock's story made me think i know that's what yeah his did probably my story made you think yeah the story got ready something i'd be down to hear just a a totally different embarrassing story too if you got one off the top of your head though i would too i would actually really want to i think it's just hard to think of right now on the spot i know i mean i've done my fair share of embarrassing things right now on the spot though i can't stop thinking about poop so i think poop's hilarious at this moment (laughs) (laughs) um 
Yeah, so for my embarrassing story, I think I was, I don't know, like five or six, and I remember it was a Friday night. <laughs> you know, that was like still when your parents would like get you dressed or like lay your bed on your clothes for what to wear that night. I can't we believe you even remember anything from five or six. God, that's so oh, well, you'll see that's why. 2004, 2005, man. Had to have been scarred. Maybe seven. I know, because I, I remember I was like first grade age, but remember like parents had laid me down a nice new pair of Levi jeans and threw those on ready to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and hit the, oh. hit the claw machines hard. Dude, good tradition. <laughs> and uh, then I remember like we were getting ready to go and I'm rocking my new jeans and I get the sudden urge to poop and jeans are the easiest to take off in a moment's notice. They sure aren't. So, um, yeah, just let one rip and a big turd felt my pants and then we had just gotten this new kitten and the kitten the kitten was just like <laughs> little bites of it. You're telling me that this kitten's nibbling on your yeah. on your big dump. Yeah, uh, oh there's like a little poop on the carpet <laughs> the kitten was eating. Wait, was this at Buffalo Wild Wings or is this prior? Yeah, this was right before. Okay. So you make yeah, it to Buffalo funny. Wild Wings? Yeah, I just didn't get to wear my new jeans, which was pretty upsetting. All right, Bannock. We thank you for coming out, talking to us about your soccer career, IU sports, the Colts, your passion for music, and sharing a rather embarrassing story about yourself, which the fans will eat up. Um, thanks for coming out, man. We really appreciate it. Um, big fourth podcast guest you are. Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm glad I'm on the one, you know, top in the list of people that you're inviting on. It's, it's a real honor. I like where the relegation station's headed. I think it's headed for a lot of viewers and a lot of listens here soon. You guys are doing a great thing. And thanks again for having me on. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. Take care. Thank you. Welcome back, folks. Thanks for listening to that John Bannock interview. We're here with our first 12th Man segment. We have our first opinion uh, submitted by Buddy. Buddy says, Timo Warner needs to be playing striker. and Havertz doesn't fit into Chelsea. We saw Timo play striker this week. Against City, he didn't look the part. He's in a slump. He is not producing. Chelsea are not producing in their their front half um, as much as they should be for spending 250 million pounds this this week. Havertz doesn't fit into Chelsea. I think it's too early to say. And now moving on to our second opinion, also submitted by Buddy. Buddy asks, is Bruno the best player in the Prem? Can United win the league? Um, after this weekend and after these previous weeks, I would say that Bruno is the best player in the Prem. I still think uh, Kevin Kevin DeGroyner is the best player in the Prem, but Bruno is looking phenomenal. And can United win the league? They certainly can, buddy. Absolutely, yeah. And um, they are now in a very good position to do so. And so moving on to our next take, we have dip, deepest position across the Prem, submitted by Jack Shaw. Jack, I think the deepest is uh, the 10 roll right now. Bruno, Kevin De Bruyne, Jack Grealish. Those are just a few of them. I think James Rodriguez has been in there. A uh, good player. They, I think every team's 10 is pretty elite in this league, as they should be. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another position that might Maybe have striker? More... No, I was thinking that, and I don't think it's actually that. Um, I actually do think it's the 10. Um, yeah, so moving on to our next take, 
We have one also from Jack Shaw. One player concurrently playing that you would like to see in the Prem. Um, I think mine would be Weston McKinney, just because he's what he's shown at Juventus early, or throughout this first half of the year. Um, he's exciting, obviously. I like him because he's American. He's one of us. So I'm always rooting for those guys. I'd love to see him in the Prem, although we won't see a move from him probably maybe after this year because he's on loan, I believe. Yeah, I would probably have to go since Jack did specify not Messi or Ronaldo. I still want to see someone of that caliber, so I'd probably go Mbappe. Um, I think he would fit on to somewhere nicely. Like, yeah. Um, imagine him at like Liverpool or something. I was about to say Liverpool. Maybe Firmino out him in yeah. a pop. I don't know. Maybe, maybe even Chelsea. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, next one we have we have. Tom uh, Thomas War asking about Arsenal's relegation battle. No such T. thing, War, Thomas. Let me, yeah, let me handle this one for you, T. War. You're three points clear of Arsenal, you Chelsea fan. And Arsenal are no longer in the relegation battle. I think that's a certain stat. Yeah, I think uh, he probably should have checked his facts or maybe submitted this <laughs> um, after the Chelsea versus Man City game. But, yeah, he can't predict the future on that one. Uh, our last take for the 12th man segment this week is comes from Joe Schmidt. He says Bruno should be captain, not Maguire. 100% Joe Schmidt. I don't know. I don't know, Joe. I do like, I think Maguire has like stepped into the role as captain now for United as they've turned, turned their season around. Now they're like top of the top of the league. I think he's asserted his himself as the captain. Yeah, uh, I just think that the captain of the team should be the one that players look up to as well as the one that seems to connect everybody in the field, and Bruno seems to be the playmaker that does so. So That's fair. And that, folks, is going to wrap up our fourth podcast here. Uh, we hope you liked the John Bannock interview and this 12th man segment. We will be doing this again for the next podcast. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And we'll see you guys soon.